Hi, this is Bobby Rio from GreatSeducer.com. Today I'm bringing you a very special podcast co-hosted with Mac Tite of eSeduce.com. Mac Tite and I sat down for nearly three hours and talked about the specific obstacles most men seem to face in finally achieving success with women. Our goal in this podcast was to address the main sticking points men face and give some practical solutions for overcoming them. This was a really fun podcast to do, and I think you'll get a real kick out of listening to it, and you'll get a whole lot of value out of what Mac and I discuss. Remember, you can find our entire library of pickup artist interviews and podcasts at www.greatseducer.com. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, hello everybody. This is Bobby Rio from TSB Magazine, tsbmag.com. Tonight, I am here with uh, Mac Tite from eSeduce, eSeduce.com. Uh, Mac Tite and I uh, talk, you know, we talk on a, a semi-regular basis over email. And one of the things that we talk a, a lot about is just trying to figure out why there's such a discrepancy between how some guys just seem to get this stuff immediately and, and within a few few weeks to even a few months of coming to websites like eSeduce and TSB Magazine, you know, it clicks and, and they're seeing results and they're they're getting beautiful women and their life is generally good. While other guys, a year, even two years go by and we still see them. You know, they're still coming to E-Seduce, they're still coming to TSB Magazine, they're still asking the same questions, they're, they're leaving comments saying how it's not working, what are they doing wrong. So we just wanted to uh, sit here for, you know, a little while and just kind of give you guys who might be having some of these problems, some of the common mistakes that we've both, uh, Mac Tite and I, have acknowledged and, and seen over the last couple of years. Um, you know, running our sites, we come in contact with a lot of people, we talk to a lot of people, and we just wanted to go through some of the common errors, and some of it is, is actual errors and what, what guys are saying in terms of skill level, and some of it is just attitude or perception or belief. And I uh, really want to uh, to drill some stuff down. So, um, for those of you who might not be familiar with Mac, uh, you want to just introduce yourself and tell tell a little bit about you. Hey, my name is Mac. Uh, uh, I got a website called eSeduce.com. It's a blog where I just write different things about the seduction community, similar to TSP Mag. You know, I live in Milwaukee area, Wisconsin. Got into the game. You know, I learned about it way back in the late '90s. Didn't really get into it, and I didn't really do go into action too much until uh, like late 2006. So that's just about the basics. Nice. And Mac, uh, if you guys read Mac's site, he's known for you know he he calls it how he is. He he's got a a strong voice, and you know I suggest checking it out if if you've never been there. Oof! I just actually <laughs> I had a, a a bottle of scotch that. Uh, Savoy sent me for Christmas, and I never opened it, and I just ran out of wine, and I'm like, let me try it, and it's like, ugh, I realize why I don't drink scotch, but it's the only thing left in the house, I gotta, must make do with it, but, um. So, so what kind of scotch does Savoy send Bobby Real? Uh, uh, is this some... Ba- some Valentine's? Oh, really? Mm. I, I, I never heard of it, it's but, like, I, but I, yeah. I, I googled it after I got it to see, like, you know, like, how... <laughs> How much respect I get, you know? I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It was single malt though, so you know it was it was all right. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Johnny Walker Blue, but it wasn't. <laughs> well, you know, if it's any consolation to you, Bobby, uh, Savoy didn't send me anything for Christmas, so uh, not even not even cool. But <laughs> all good. But uh, ugh. actually, you know what? Second second, uh, as the ice melts, it's not nearly as bad. Well, you're drinking scotch, and right now I'm drinking Bush Light. Bush Light. Wow. Milwaukee. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's I'm a treater. Should be drinking Miller, but huh, whatever. Miller, Miller's Milwaukee. Yep, Miller, Miller products. Yeah. All right. So, like I like I was saying, we're talking about overcoming uh, the biggest obstacles and mistakes men make, uh, which prevents probably about seventy-five percent of the guys out there from really ever getting good with women. And I mean, you know, it's it's a tough or a fine line, or I, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. When you say good with women, I mean, good with women can mean so much different things to so many different people. To some people, it, it means um, scoring a few numbers and, you know, juggling a couple girls. Some guys, especially in the seduction community, they think if they're not getting one-night lays, they're not fucking great with women. And other guys, if if they score one girl and she happens to be cool and, and, and they get along, then they're happy. So it you know that that kind of leads me into almost the, the biggest one of the biggest mistakes I think guys do make, and it's that they don't know what they want. You know they get in, and I've said this before is they they read a book like the game. I mean you've read the game I'm sure right. Obviously. Oh yeah definitely. And I mean you remember reading it. You know we all we all read it. We read the stories and our minds envisioned um, ourselves at a fucking. Pizza Hut in California and Paris Hilton walking in and like we've got the magic pickup lines to to get Paris Hilton or whatever celebrity and and you get like you, you kind of like that taste over your brain because you start you read it and you start seeing this reality of like super master pickup artist of like you know James Bond caliber guy walking into a bar and walking out with any girl he wants. And even if that wasn't necessarily when you bought the book what you wanted, after you watch that movie, it's 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 like what you feel like you you have to have and you're deserved to have. And uh, I think that a lot of guys they they read that book and they come to the end and then they they start googling stuff and they find the various sites and they're just in this frenzy of like this I'm gonna be Neil Strauss I'm gonna be mystery I'm gonna be Tyler Durden and they don't ever sit and think, well, is that really what I want? I mean, yeah. when you're you know, the game's, you know, the game's like a good book, Bobby. I mean, I think it's a good story. It's a good, you know, it's good for reading. It's entertaining, you know. And But, I mean, a lot of, a lot of it is, like, oversimplified. A lot of it's, you know, way too glamorous, you know. I mean, my uh, progress with women was no match to the game. I mean, there's a lot more up and down and roller coasters. Oh, yeah. It's a, uh, and that's something that, and you know, I'm going to get into it in a little bit. Yeah, about I think I'm jumping the gun. Yeah, no, no, no. But, listen, jump around, say whatever you got to say. This is, I want this to be laid back. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm on my first glass of scotch. I've been through t- two glasses of uh, Chardonnay. I'm feeling good, and I just want to, I just want to get some shit out in the open, you know? Yeah, cool. Um, I just really want to. I want to put together something. This is the first time me and you are doing a call together, and I know that you tell it how it is. I've always respected respected your stuff, and you know you're you're not trying to sell nothing because you don't have a product. I'm not trying to sell nothing because I don't have a product. So this 
everything you're getting today from from this call is there's there's no pitch at the end. There's nothing. It's just pure content. It's just pure stuff of both of us trying to trying to give you guys good stuff. So this is uh, this is just strict strictly to to try to overcome some of these uh, sticking points. Well, like we're saying, you know, the game and and all that stuff is. It's fun and good. And if you read the game, or if before you read the game, you wanted to be a pickup artist, and you wanted to be able to pick up any girl in the bar, then great. Then if that's what you're after, then you probably will achieve it. But my feeling is, and, and I talk to a lot of guys who who write me you know, on my, my Facebook profile. I have a lot of friends that I've met through TSB and, and just various various things, and and what I've really discovered is that a lot of these guys really, really just want a cool girl to hang out with. They they want choice. They want to be able to date the girl that they work with that everybody else has a crush on too, and they want to be the guy who gets her. And there's a big difference from being the guy who gets that girl that you work with or that girl you go to class with and the guy who goes out to clubs in New York City or Los Angeles or any big or anywhere actually and works a club 7 nights a week pulling random girls into bathrooms for one night stands like that's it's a it's a different reality that you're you're attempting to live in and if that reality isn't congruent with what you really want and the reason I say this is because I'm just thinking back in my life and this is before the game this is at this point, I had read Ross Jeffries, and I'd, I'd been maybe a member of his newsletter list, but I, I had really had stopped because I was in college at this point, and I was getting had no problems meeting girls anymore, so I really wasn't following following this stuff at this point. But I had been dating this girl for a few years, and uh, it was a pretty serious relationship, and it ended, and I got the sickness bad. And if any of you guys know uh, the site, you know what the sickness is. It's when you're so obsessed with a girl that you just completely lose your your focus and your rational rationalization and everything goes down the tube and that's how I got towards my ex-girlfriend at the time so for me what I really wanted at that point in my life was I really just wanted a girl to take my mind off my ex-girlfriend I needed a rebound relationship I wanted a girl to fucking you know go to a, a movie with or just go out on some dates with just to friggin just to keep my mind off of off of my ex, but because I was in in a um, environment where most of my friends were single, they were in fraternities, they were going pulling random girls back to their rooms every night. At that point in my life, I was like, "Oh shit, I'm single. This is what I should be doing. I should be trying to score as many girls as possible. I've been in a relationship for three years. That's what I should be doing." And it really wasn't what I wanted to be doing, but it's what I sh- I thought I should be doing. So I- I'd go out to all the-, the clubs with my friends every night, and I'd be there in these dark clubs talking to the talking to these girls I had no interest in, and-, and I felt like Mikey from Swingers. Like I just felt like talking to this girl with a backpack, trying to fucking impress her, and she's not, ha- you know. And it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It doesn't work if it's not congruent with what you really want. If you don't really want. Like you know the fact the fact that I think it was even a Jerry Seinfeld episode where he's like, um, George is like telling him that he's gonna get a, uh, uh, an orgy and Jerry's like I'm not the orgy type of guy. Well, yeah, you have to ask yourself when you when you say something like I want to bring a, a girl into the bathroom for you know a bathroom ten minute lay, are you 
a bathroom 10-minute lay kind of guy. Like, you might not be that kind of guy. Like, not every guy deep inside wants that. Like, you know, some guys, you know, even if you got it, you wouldn't respect the girl. And and your internal values may not want you to do it. And if that's not really internally what you want, it's going to fuck you up big time. And you're going to wind up being miserable. And you're going to just... It, it, you're not going to see results. You 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 agree with that, Mac? Or you know, yeah, I agree with that entirely. I mean, you got to make up your mind ahead of time what you want. Like you said, you know, do I want to be in a relationship? Do I want to be a player? I mean, how are you supposed to decide where to go or how to progress and what to learn or where to to meet the type of woman you want if if you don't even know what you want or what kind of relationship or what what you want to be in? I mean, it, it's the foundation. It's where you got to start at. Yeah, it's totally. It's it's and, and there's different. There's even even if you're in the dating community and you're reading all this stuff, there's different people that match different uh, styles, and that's something that I try to. When people write me and they're like, "Well, what book do you recommend?" and I say, "Well, what do you want?" If you tell me what yeah. you want, I can help you more. You know, I. I you know, I there's say, different. You know, the seduction community is a niche in itself, but inside that niche, there's several different niches and several different areas. You know, you gotta make make sure uh, whichever guru or coach or whatever product best meets what you're after. That's the one you should study. I mean, me and Bobby can give you suggestions once you make up your mind where you want to go. But uh, you know, there's no solid one way to answer which one's better: being a player or being in a relationship. I mean, you gotta make up your mind yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, trust me, I, I've been on. My, my entire last 10 years has been like a volleyball game of back and forth of single relationship, single relationship, single yeah. relationship. And and, and it's really, they're, they're both good for a while, and then they both suck, you know? Like, it's yeah. hard to tell you. Like, like, both of them have their moments, and both of them uh-huh. suck. Like, there's not, there's no right or wrong answer. And, and uh, it, the more you try to figure out which one you're going to like better, it, it's not going to work because... If you're single for a couple of years, it, the newness of a relationship is going to be exactly what the doctor ordered. But if you've been in a relationship for a while, there's probably nothing better or nothing more that you desire than just some fresh new tale. You know, like the idea mm-hmm. of going to a bar and pulling a new girl is just exactly what you probably think you want. It's not a right answer, but it's comes down to like at the moment, what do you want? Not like what are you gonna want? It's like tonight. What do, what would make me happiest tonight? Like, would bringing a random home, girl home from a bar tonight make me super happy? Or would it be laying on my bed uh, watching Lost with a cool chick? Would that make me happy? Like, mm-hmm. Because if laying on the bed with a cool chick would make you happy, you're probably not going to find her at a bar. Like, yeah, that's so like, true. I, I, I've hooked up with a ton of girls from bars. I brought a ton of girls home from bars. But I've never once had a serious relationship from a girl that I met in a bar, not once, you know. That's a good point. Just, huh? I mean, I, I can just think, like, I remember I used to go out with one buddy, and we would uh, we'd go to bars all the time. Like, I'd go out with him, like, four nights a week. You know, and I went out, and he never talked to anybody in these bars. He was uncomfortable. He didn't really have a whole lot of fun, you know. And we went out one night, and I'm like, dude, why don't you go up and talk to that girl? Why don't you, you know, I, I, I was trying to pressure him to go up and talk to some woman, which isn't the best thing to do. I should be more concerned about myself, you know. Yeah. And, but, you know, I brought, yeah. finally, he's just like, he just blew up, and he's like, dude, uh, I don't want to be a player. I, I just want, I'm a relationship type of guy, you know. And 
I just kept my mouth shut, but I mean, if you're a relationship type of guy, I don't think a bar or club or, you know, it's not the optimal venue for you to meet your, you know, relationship at. It can happen. I mean, there's exceptions yeah. here and there. You, you can, know what? Yeah. Oh, there. You can meet a crazy girl at the grocery store that's that's insane that they'll cheat on you. I mean, there's no right or wrong, but, you know, I mean, what, what odds are in your favor. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Odds in your favor. What? You know, yeah, I mean, you just got to play the odds and the percentages. I mean, if you want to get in a relationship, I mean, there's certain places where you can go where you're more likely going to find a relationship type of girl. I mean, if you want a quick way, there's going to be places where you're more likely to find a girl that you're going to get a quick way from. I mean, so, I mean, you just got to make up where you, your mind where you want to go or what you want and then, you know, go to those places that are more optimal to find that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say, and this is just, random uh, thoughts uh, at the moment. If you're looking for a girlfriend, here is what I would advise. I would advise, A, online dating. I personally didn't have extreme amount of success with it, mainly because I hate instant messaging, and 90% of the girls wanted to instant message. But online dating, a ton of my friends have seen amazing results and have met girlfriends and everything from online dating. Work. You know, work, if you want to meet a girl, I mean, ask most of your friends or, or you know, your parents or your whatever, where they met their, their husband or girlfriend or whatever, or wife or whatever. Chances are it was through work. Um, social circle, which it's probably, social circle is one of the things I preach the most, and I'm not going to preach it now, but social circle is, I mean, I'd say almost every girl that I dated seriously, I met from a girl that I was friends with. It was like one of, like, I'd make friends with a girl, and then I'd wind up dating one of her friends. And that's pretty much why I advise building your social circle so much and making friends with as many people as you can, because if you make enough friends, you don't have to go out to bars. And and, and I'm actually saying that wrong. You still go out to bars, but you don't have to go out to bars in hunger mode, because you go out to bars with a group of people that you're there to hang out with, and uh, you know if you can do that, if you can if you can have a few female friends that bring their female friends out to the bar, it, you know you're much more likely to meet a girlfriend type girl than if you're just going out to the bars and you're cold approaching. And on the other hand, like I was saying, if your goal is to cold approach and to just have you know one night stands, then Go to the bars where there's the most girls. You know, I don't know what city you guys live in, but you know the places that the girls go. I mean, I, I live five minutes down the road from a place that I I haven't stepped foot in except, you know, a couple of weeks ago with my girlfriend to dance a little bit. But I know that that place, back when I was single, like, that's the place you go. And if if that's what you're looking for, there's places that you're going to pull the, uh, you know, the one-night stands or even the bathroom lays. Although I think the bathroom lays are more common in the... Uh, big cities and, well, I don't know, but, uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, I hear all about this bathroom lane stuff. I don't know where these guys are going at, because Milwaukee, every bathroom I go to, there's a bathroom attendant. I suppose if you tip him enough, he might, you know, turn the other cheek, but, man, I don't know. You know, I've done that, I've done stuff like that and like, house parties and stuff like that, but, you know, it sounds glamorous and everything, but... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, it does not. I'll tell you what. I, I've, I, and I'm gonna openly on the record. I had one bathroom lay in my entire life, and it wasn't a cold. It was a girl that I knew 
from uh, I knew her from school. We were at happy hour and in a bar close to our college. And I pulled her into the bathroom and bang, and it was probably the worst lay of my life. It was super <laughs> uncomfortable, nerve wracking. Like it just, it the only thing cool about the entire lay was telling my friends about it afterwards. It was yeah, yeah, it's just, it's like joining the Mile High Club. I mean, who the hell wants to have sex in like a airport bathroom? I mean, I can barely take a shit in an airport bathroom. I won't have sex in it, but I guess you know, if I had the opportunity, you know, I'd fucking yeah. go for it just just yeah. for the glamorous sake of it. But I mean. You know what? If I died tomorrow and I never joined the Mile High, High Club, I don't think I'd really fucking care <laughs> in the long run. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I I got a mile hand job. I'm in the mile hand job club. And oh wow! Huh? You get like you get like a trophy or some kind of award, or do you no, have like yearly you know like, meetings for I, it? I get sticky underwear in an uncomfortable oh, shower plane ride. That's what I got. Oh, God. Oh. I, had to sit, I had to sit there in my own spew for six hours on oh, the ride home from fucking Christ. Buenos Aires. Oh wow, that's horrible. Well, you know, it's it's good, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not as glamorous as it sounds, but um, all right, let's move on to the next the next common mistake that I think guys make. And the next mistake, it's it's a gen. When I say it, it's going to sound general, but I'll I'll explain it. Is guys think that they're the exception, that them or their situation is the exception to the rule. And what I mean by that is that, um. Either a guy thinks, you know, some guys just have such low self-esteem that they really just believe, like, I'm too fat and this just isn't going to work for me. Um, That's one element of what I'm talking about, is when guys just think that there's something so wrong with them that it's not going to work for them. And they start saying, well, it works for Neil Strauss because he's a journalist, or it works for Mystery because he's tall, it works for, you know, Matt Tight because he's whatever, you know. It's a big dick. Huh? <laughs> Got a big dick. I mean, I'm not tight because he's hung like a horse. Yeah, I know? wish. Um, but it's not going to work for me. the The other part of that is when they think, when they think, and this is like the bigger problem, or it's not necessarily a bigger problem because I think there's a lot of guys that don't think it works for them because of they think there's something wrong with them. But a bigger mistake that guys make is they think that the girl that they're hitting on is the exception to the rule, and they think that. They start talking to a girl and she's remotely cool, and they're they're talking with her and it's going good, and they think, wait a minute, this girl's cool, she's cool. I don't have to run game on her. I don't have to demonstrate higher value, or I don't have to play hot and cold or push and pull or anything because she's cool and she's gonna like me for who I am. And when I say like me for who I am, I, it's not an insult because you know it's not like don't be who you are. I'm not saying that at all, but. What I'm saying is that the shit is just, no matter how cool the girl is, it's human fucking nature to like what you're programmed to like. It's just like us. Like, no matter how cool, I mean, I, you're probably the same way, Mac. You, you can date the hottest, coolest girl in the world, but if she doesn't know the game at all and she's just totally all over you, you get fucking bored. It's just, there's not, It's we're just programmed that way. And it's, the sit, you know, it, it's just the situation, and as much as you might think this girl's different, and it's just, when you have one idea, she definitely that like that's all that goes through your mind is she's different, she's different, she's different, but she's not different, she's the same, and uh, it will work on her. And when I say work, I'm not it's not some evil master plan that we're talking about. I'm just talking about human nature. I'm just talking about 
building attraction and, and creating that sense of desire and uh it will work on her. Have you what was your when when you got into this stuff, did you go through any periods where you're like, it isn't gonna work for me or where you were all, like, you know, like, all this stuff, man. I mean back in ninety eight when I read about uh some of the stuff like this NLP stuff, you know, and oh this won't work, this won't work, you know. And I never went and even tried the stuff. Oh, this won't work. You know, you're just bullheads and you're stubborn and you know. And that, even when I read the game, you know, I mean I was right when I got back in the community in like you know, like late two thousand six or I was reading some of the stuff like a lot of the Neil Strell stuff involved like, you know, asking girls questions about relationships and stuff like that and I was just like, you know, that's those are lame. Those are cheesy openers to use, you know. But then, you know, you go out there and you, and you, and you try this stuff. I mean, you've got to try this stuff. That's the only way you're going to find out to see actually if, uh, if the stuff will actually work. Uh, I don't know if this is really addressing uh, what you're talking about, you know, specific women. But uh, No, you know what, though? You're right. It, it, and you're saying even with trying the stuff, I think it's it's completely true. And it's not even – and that's just something with all areas of life. It's like uh-huh. – like, you know, then you gotta look at your mistakes in the past. Like, okay, like you said, like, okay, I, okay, I talked to this girl. She's different. She's different. I can, I don't have to run this game and stuff like that. So, have you done that in the past where you quit running your game? How did that work for you? Probably not very well. You know, I mean, look at the track record. Quit making the same mistakes. You know? I, I'm guilty of that myself. I mean, but yeah, there's. Uh, I, I tell this story. Uh... I've told this story about myself, and, you know, I've read a whole post about the sickness, but I'll tell it again because I know as much as I like to think that everybody listening to this reads every post that I write, it's just not, you know, there's, it's not, it's not going to happen. Like, you just probably half these guys don't even go to TSB and read the post, so if, if I'm repeating something and you're one of the few guys that actually read it, I'm sorry, but if you're not one of the guys that read it, then you may. Are you, are you going to talk about the sickness, the story yeah. about the sickness? Yeah. These are great. These huh? are great. These are great. I'm going to grab another beer. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell this uh I'll tell this section of the story is, is that um I had a uh, Hold on. Mac? Yep. All right. My girl is in the other room. She just walked out to get her phone. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't tell the story at the moment, but um Oh, I get you. Um yeah, I'd come back from uh I'd come back from uh, vacation uh, with some girl that you know uh, that I had I had always kind of wanted her and I went away with her and I got her and I came back and this girl's you know we, we had spent like a week together where it was just like a great week you know like everything went good we both were like I wanted you for so long I wanted you for so long you know it's just like everything fell into place so I came back and and I'm like all of a sudden she's not answering the calls and uh, the text messages I'm not getting responses for. So I'm like fuck, what the hell went wrong? And I'm like what the hell went wrong? So I start talking to my brother and my brother puts it in my head. He's like, well, he's like you fucked a lot of girls she knows. And I'm like, yeah, I did fuck a lot of girls she knows. Shit. And I, and he's like. You know, she's probably thinking you're a player. And I'm like, yeah, she's probably thinking I'm a player. Meanwhile, you know, my whole life, I'm like, girls want you to be a player. But now my brother's like, she probably thinks you're a player. You probably have to prove you're not a player. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That makes so much sense. I have to prove I'm not a player. Like, I have to, what can I do to prove I'm not a player? You know, like, fuck. So, uh, 
So I, I'm like, all right. I go to the the flower shop and I buy uh. like, I know, I know. I don't. I, I hate even telling this story because I cringe. I buy. I buy the biggest, most expensive, you know, you know, because it, it actually came, and I, and I, I partly blame Robert Greene, the author of The Art of Seduction, yep. because in the, in the Art of Seduction, there's uh, one of his strategies is called the bold move, and the bold move is when you, like, do something that's semi-embarrassing to, like, prove that you your feelings are real, and my brother read this book, too, and so me and my brother are talking, he's like, you need to do the bold move. And I'm like, I don't know if the bold move is such a good idea. He's like, no, the bold move. He's like, you got to prove your love is real. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. You know, so, but, you know, he convinces me that I'm like, you know, I start thinking to him, I'm like, yeah, the bold move. I'm like, because I'm, I'm a very naturally cold person. And I don't mean cold like mean, but like, I, I hide my emotions, so, like, it's very hard for a girl to read me, so it made sense. I'm like, you know what, other girls have told me that they can't read me, maybe she doesn't read me, and you start rationalizing it, and then you're thinking, oh, this girl's different, you know, she wants the fucking flowers and the poems and all that bullshit. So, uh, so like I said, I, I went to the flower shop, and I bought, I mean, this, this fucking bouquet of flowers was, honest to God, $150. Holy shit. And I was like, and I sent it to her work. I used to work with her. I didn't work there anymore, but I sent it to her work. And uh, and I sent it, and I was like waiting for the call. I'm like, I'm going to get the call, and she's going to come over, and she's going to walk in my house, and she's going to be naked before she even says hello, and it's going to be great, and everything is going to go back to the way I want it to be. Well, I got a call, and it was like, oh, thank you for the flowers uh, that, those were really nice flowers, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, she called at least, because she hadn't even called up until then, and I'm like, all right, I'm like, so what are you doing tonight, you want to come over, oh, maybe, I'm kind of tired, and like, this is a girl who, like, we would go out every fucking night together, you know, like, she was not the kind of girl who was ever tired, she was a club girl who was on Tuesday nights going out till six in the morning every fucking Tuesday, and now she's tired, and I'm like, all right, you know, and then, uh, Friday rolled around, and, uh, you know, didn't answer the text, and then short, short story long, or long story short, nothing happened, you know, I, I ruined it, I thought, I thought I didn't have to play the game, I thought that you, it was a right to drop, drop the fucking game, and just play cool, and it wasn't, you know, situations aren't different, it's not, you know, and it's not saying that, it's the right thing to always play the game. I'm not saying that. There's a point where you have to drop the game, definitely. But girls aren't different. Like your girl doesn't want flowers at work in the beginning. Like she doesn't. And yeah, she doesn't want you. Like she doesn't want you stand outside of her like apartment complex with a boombox over your yeah. head playing playing the pure Gabriel. I mean, yeah. no. I mean that's not. That doesn't attract her. <laughs> it doesn't maintain an attraction. No, you know what? You know when a girl wants that shit? She wants it after like three years of dating. Yeah, on, her, on your on your third year anniversary or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> when she, yeah, like when when you're at the point where you don't like fucking her and she knows you don't like fucking her, then she's like, then she wants that. But like in the beginning, in the first month or the first second month, and uh, you know it's like fucked up. And I and I and uh, I tell this story, I tell the sickness story a lot because I I do think that. 
a lot of guys can learn from it. And uh, I hope to God this girl never ever listens to, <laughs> to that that podcast where I went into detail about it. But uh, yeah. the reason you I, know, I mean, it, huh? it's such a great story because you know I I think we've all been there, Bobby. I mean, I know one time where I I had the sickness so bad over some girl I couldn't fucking eat for like three days. Honestly, man, I mean, I couldn't eat food. I had no hunger whatsoever. I was so obsessed with some girl. I mean, oh yeah, dude. The, the girl I was telling you about earlier, the uh, the the one where I I uh, the ex that I that I broke up with. I, I mean, I I probably lost like twelve pounds. I was uh, I was drinking like it would be like two in the afternoon and I'd be drinking and fucking yep. driving driving past her house as soon as she was home. Like, you know, and that's uh. I think I don't even know if I have that in my notes. One itis is something I do want to talk about. I, actually, okay. it's, it's, it might even uh, it might even be with where is it? I don't know. We might get into one itis. We might not. But one itis is something that if you guys are listening to it, it's not something you, you're probably have gotten this point already. One itis doesn't go away. No matter how good you get with women, you're always there's always going to be the girl that you get one itis with. It's just the way it, it is, and I learned that. I mean, the last time I got it, I honestly thought after the first time, I did never thought I would ever get it again. I thought that I was immune to it. I thought that, you know, like it's like the f- oh, chicken pox. You get it once, and then you realize, and it's just your body builds up an immunity, and you get that cold, rocky, hard layer that prevents you from ever getting it again. And that's really what I thought happened, you know. And I was like, ah, my friends, I'd see them getting it, and I'd laugh at them. I'd be like, you fools, ha, ha, ha. And then you get it, and it's just you just have to deal with it, and you have to. The thing is, when you get it, the important thing is to go back to a site like TSB or Seduce and start reading articles. And and yeah. when you're reading them, use your brain. Don't read them, wanting thinking like this is wrong. Like read them thinking like okay, read the anatomy of the sickness article. I and I wrote that article for the sole purpose of when you get in the sickness to to read it because when you have the sickness. You, you, you're going to fucking lie to yourself. You're going to tell yourself anything you want to hear to justify making that call that you shouldn't be calling or sending that text or that email or driving past her house at 4 in the morning. Like, it's all going to seem perfectly natural and normal and productive to you when you're in the midst of the sickness because you're sick. You're crazy. You're delusional. But if you listen to, the, you know, just read that and 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 hopefully you'll be like, all right, Bobby Rio was sick as a motherfucker. And I don't want to be—I don't want to make half a fool that he made of himself. So you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll refrain from sending that text message. You know, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow. Yeah, you know that's what I like about like a lot of your articles. I mean, a lot of these people, you know, they're like, oh, I, you know, here's a lay report. You know, I did all these great things. I mean, on TSB Mag, you're willing to admit your failure, failures and what you did wrong, and you know, people can learn about that. I mean, nothing's more annoying than reading some ebook or, or some book where. Some guy claims that you know he's so great and everything he does is awesome and he never fucks up or does anything wrong. I mean, you know it's not the case. Yeah, and you know what? And and actually brings up it brings up it's not something I even had in my notes, but it's something that I actually I, I mentally thought I want to talk about, and, and I'm glad you you actually brought it up because you reminded me. Is I sent out a, a newsletter, I think it was even yesterday, about believability. And I talked about how sometimes you're, and this is this is one of the mistakes. So it, it's not really off topic here. It's actually one of the mistakes guys make. I didn't have it on the list that I sent you over, but it is it is one of the topics, and it's called believability. And that a lot of times girls 
guys are are using the routines, they're using the openers, they're teasing her, they're flirting her with her, and it doesn't go anywhere. And a lot of the time, like, it, it's because the girl doesn't believe you. And I used the example in, in the newsletter I sent out yesterday how I went to buy a car this weekend, and the the car guy started talking to me, and I, I just didn't believe him. Like, something in, inside was going, don't buy this car. And I had really wanted the car. It's the car. I, I mean, I drove an hour down to his lot just to buy this car. And as he's talking to me, I'm like, don't buy, don't buy this car, Bobby. Don't, don't buy it. And I don't know why I had that feeling. And, I start, and then later on, I started thinking about it. And I thought that it was a believability issue. And, and in the newsletter I wrote last night, I talked about how not listening to her is causes guys you know the, the the dealer the car dealer wasn't listening to me i could tell that he was trying to sell me the car without he never asked me questions he never uh you know he was like yeah this car's perfect for you yeah you should buy it yeah 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 and, but he never said how much do you have to spend on a car or where are you going to drive this car or what kind of you know what what do, you know do you have a girlfriend or do you have kids he never asked me any questions that made him think that this car was right for me. You know what I mean? Like, he, he didn't say like, "Oh, well, you uh, you're going to be driving highway miles. Oh, that gets great high highway mile gas. You gases or whatever. Scott is fucking my brains up. But uh, you know, he didn't ask me any questions that made him made me feel like he thought that that was the right car for me. Like he was just telling me it was the right car because that's what. He wanted he wanted to make the sale, and my point in the so news he was, was telling you he was just like telling you verbally, "This is a great car. This is awesome. This is great." Yeah, he not he even wasn't that, showing he, you anything. He wasn't giving you any. He wasn't. I mean, yeah, he, he was telling me like he was talking the car up, and he was pushing me towards the sale. He wasn't necessarily he wasn't overly selling like he wasn't like this car is the perfect car in the whole universe for you. He wasn't he wasn't overselling. He wasn't. But but what, what I realized was is that and I didn't realize at the time at the time there was nothing in my mind that was going. I couldn't figure out why I was getting this feeling like this guy's not for real. I, I couldn't figure it out. But later when I sat down and thought about it, it was like he couldn't. If you're gonna honestly try to sell me a car, you need to know what. I want in a car, you know, like, it's not going to work unless, I mean, am I the kind of guy who who should be driving a Honda Civic, or I, I was looking at a Land Rover, you know, is a Land Rover right for me? I don't know, but he wasn't asking me any questions, and the whole point that I tied into it was, and uh, there's even going to be a bigger point to get back to what you were talking about with the uh, the stories, but that the point I was getting into with the believability issue is that when you're out talking to a girl, and you're you're working her, and you're doing your routines, and you're making her laugh, but you're not asking her any questions, and you're not listening to her. She something goes off in her mind where she's like, "This guy is trying to make a sale. He's trying to he's trying to get me." You know. And so as I think it's so important about like believability. I mean, if a girl doesn't believe you, you know, she, she doesn't trust you. She's not comfortable with you. I mean, women have to be trust you. They have to be comfortable with you. If they're not. I mean, how are they going to be in an apartment with you by themselves? I mean, yeah, and part and and, and if if you're always if you're in sales mode, and by sales uh, mode I mean like you know routine uh, junkie mode of like doing the cube and telling you know flirting like flirting's great, but if you're not like a girl basically wants to know that in some sense she's winning you over and that you're the kind of guy who has choices and there's things she's doing that makes 
is making you choose her. It's kind of what she wants to feel. Kind of like when I was at the at the the dealership, subconsciously, I wanted to believe that I was choosing the Land Rover because that's what the kind of car I needed. But this dealer was stupid, and he didn't he didn't walk me through that process of making me think that he really felt this car was. He made me think like, hey, I have a sucker here who's willing to buy any fucking car, so I'm just going to sell it to him. And when you go up to a girl and she starts responding to your opener and your routines, she's going to get that feeling like, wait a minute, he thinks I'm just this sucker who's responding to his routines and I'm just going to go with it. And that's you don't want to get that in her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I got totally sidetracked. The whole reason I brought this up was because you said the thing about TSB or me or whatever, TSB. Telling yeah, you're... Even, even when they weren't like really favorable, yeah. Yeah, I tell stories that aren't favorable, and yeah. I, and I didn't, re- you know, I, I don't know if I did this purposely or not purposely or what, but I thought I was actually thinking about that the other day, and I said, you know what, I think that the reason I did that is because I know that for me, believability is is a key factor, and the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, is that. I, and I know, like, and I'm talking more with friends. Like, to me, like, with my, you know, I had I had a huge social circle in college of of people, mm-hmm. and there was people that I naturally liked and people I I naturally didn't like, and I and I realized that the people that I naturally didn't like, and when I say didn't like, I don't mean I hated them or I, it's just I like I didn't want to be around them. I just, I just didn't care to be around them, and it was the people that never admitted to fault, that they were always putting on that, like, mask of perfection, and, you know, that every, they got the hottest girls, and they drive the coolest cars, and they never, you know, it's not even always necessary, like, you don't have to have self-deprecating humor, but some people just, they they, they put on this front that they never let their guard down to say, you know what, I'm human, and I never, I never liked those kind of people. Like, I just didn't mesh well with them. I didn't mesh with the kind of people that always had that mask on of perfection. So for me, like, you know, the people that I enjoy talking to the most have always been the people who say, you know what, last night I went out, I got drunk, and I fucked the fat girl. And, yeah, and they awesome. can tell the story, and they don't give a shit. You know, they're like, dude, it's a, it's me. I don't care. And I'm confident enough with myself to tell that story. Like, I don't have to sit here and put a mask on to impress you because I fucked a fat girl, and I'll probably fuck one again at some point in my life, but it doesn't change who I am. And you know, the same thing, with, I think it's so true with women there. I mean, you know, you don't want to go tell women all your faults and, and, and put yourself down in front of them and stuff like that. But, I mean, if, you, if you're trying to sell yourself too hard, these women can sense that right away. I mean, they have yeah. guys out there trying to impress them. Oh, I'm rich. I'm making tons of money. I have a fancy Porsche. It's a, a total turnoff on them. I mean, I used to do that back in the day. I mean, I, I used to have, like, a, I had a nice convertible at a relatively young age, and I used to sell that. I used to bring it up all the time. I used to think that convertible would get me laid. It never did. No. The convertible alone never got me laid. Yeah, you, you, you're bringing up exact, exactly what I was leading into was exactly what you brought up, and, and it's mm-hmm. great is because it is it's the believability issue, and and like it works in terms of getting guys to to believe that this stuff is real, and maybe hopefully by me telling stories of the facts that there are hardships, there are times where you know it doesn't work, it, it you know hopefully that's like you know what it is hard, it isn't, and maybe they believe that it is true because it is true. Well, the same thing is with girls. Is is if like you're saying when you, you know you're telling these girls you have a convertible that you're the coolest guy in the world, 
you're not believable because you're not presenting any faults. And like you said, you don't want to sit there and be self-deprecating with the girl. You don't want to sit there and go, my fucking ex-girlfriend cheated on me and blah, 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 and I can't get a girl. That's not attractive. But, you know, you, you, want, to put a go- you want to put a girl's guard down, walk up to a girl and be like, I just got shot down hard by that girl over there. Talk to me and just to let me save face. And just by saying that, you're like, I just got shot down by a girl over there. Talk to me and let me save face. You're like disarming her because she's like, wait a minute, this guy just came over here and told me he got shot down by a girl and he's only talking to me to save face so he doesn't look stupid because he just got shot down. Well, you know what? Chances are you can quickly turn that into attraction because now this girl doesn't even remotely think you're hitting on her. Like, because you just totally admit it that you got shot down. And not only that, but she's thinking to herself, this guy is man enough and confident enough to admit to me that he got shot down. Like, he obviously is just like, it's not, he's not attached to outcome. Like, he's not the kind of guy who's like humiliated, like, that he got shot down. He's just like, all right, I'm going to just talk, you know? Like, and, and I realize yeah. that too, is like, even with girls, like, there's some girls that, when a girl opens up to her, her faults to me, like, I respect her so much. And I, I'm like, wait a minute. This girl isn't trying to impress me. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed by her, you know, because like, you're like, wait a yeah. minute. Most girls are like sitting there trying to fucking put on the, the the show that there's some kind of princess, but then when a girl comes around and she's like, whatever, you know. And and I used to even use this example, like in college, like I'd be hanging out with girls, and and uh, after the bar ended, the girl would be like, "Can we stop at McDonald's?" and as soon as she said that, I would be like, wait a minute, can I even get this girl? This girl's eating McDonald's in front of me. She obviously doesn't give a shit about me. If she if she really liked me or if she was impressed by me, she wouldn't, she'd be like, don't stop at McDonald's, huh? you know? And it's like something like that, like even like Burp, like I, I think Mystery or somebody, maybe it was Barry Kirky, your, your buddy Barry Kirky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe he said this. I don't know. Somebody said like burping in front of a girl is like, you, you, you're like displaying that you're human. And that you yeah, I, I know Mystery had something where, he, where his big thing was blowing his nose in front of women. It was kind of like yeah. a disqualifier thing. It's true though. Like you're 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 showing your faults. You're showing that you're human. And I think tying it back to big mistakes that guys make is that when you go out and you're in pickup mode, is that you're like you're you're almost not human because you're so ingrained with like cat on the string, push pull, cube, and you go out and you're not acting like a human being. You're acting like like a social robot. I hate that word because that's what they all say in the uh, the community. But you're acting like this social robot and you're not being real. And by just letting something out, I mean, and I tell this story too, is that you know, like you guys, you know, you brought up how I I talk about some of some of my mistakes where I talk about fucking fat girls and shit. Well, you know what? The fact of the matter is, is not only do I talk about it on the website, but I talk about it to girls. Like, I remember when I was working at a, as a waiter, I was humiliated. Some girl, some, some, this girl had to be like 300 pounds. And I had bringing her home one night after, uh, it was our alumni dinner in college and, uh, and whatever. I brought her home. I slept with her. And the show was like, she had a cute face, but I mean, close. She had a cute face. That's great. <laughs> I had to throw that in. Always no, trying to see a face on that. That's good. I like it. You know, she had a cute. She had a cute face, but she was no joke. I mean, over two hundred. I, I I couldn't even guess her weight, but it, it was it was it was not pretty. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting tables, and the place where I waited tables, um, 
I always I, I had let's put it, like I had no problem hooking up or sleeping with any of those girls. It was very easy. It came easily. They all respected me. They didn't, you know, they looked up to me, whatever. And this fat 300-pound girl one day comes into the the bar section, and she sits down with her friend, and she's eating, and she's eating, like, the chicken finger meal, and she's got, like, a milkshake and shit. And she's the epitome of, like, the ultimate insult. Like, you know, she's the kind of girl that, like, we'd all point at and be like, hey, she's the girl that you're going to fuck tonight, you know, and just joking. Uh-huh. And I'm talking to some girl that I actually had like a little bit of a crush on at the time, and I'm like, if I tell you something, you promise not to make fun of me. And the girl's like, what? And I'm like, you gotta promise you won't. And I'm like, pinky swear with me, you won't make fun of me. And she's like, all right, I pinky swear. And I point at the girl, I go, I fucked her two years ago. And the girl's like, what? What? You know? And and she told everybody, you know, she went around telling everyone. And like, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking. Fuck, did I just totally destroy my credibility to all these girls? Did I just ruin it? Oh, no, man. You 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 did good, man. <laughs> I bet you that came back and helped you. Dude, it did. It totally did. Yeah. I, I Like, I think I might have banged that girl at some point after that. I know I did. I know I banged her after at some point. I don't know if it was a three months or six months or a year later, but at some point I banged her. And not one girl in there stopped, you know, and in fact, it actually helped me, because the kind of sluttier, chubbier girls actually thought they had a chance now, so now they were actually, like, coming off to me and shit, it was actually the best move I ever made, and I'm not recommending to guys that you go out and you you bang chubby girls just to tell people about it, and I'm not saying that, it's not always, like, the right thing to do, what I'm saying is that if you did shit that isn't necessarily the correct thing, don't be afraid to tell it, you know. That's a, that's a good point. Cause I, I see, okay, that's a good point because you know you tell it to all your, your guy friends. But then all of a sudden these guys, when they talk to women, they want to talk to them completely differently. Like, you know, I mean, maybe you should, I don't know, maybe some of these things, you you know, you should, you should treat women a little more like guys sometimes in certain areas. Oh, yeah, no, you, totally good point, Mac, is that treat a woman like your guy friend and it, not only does it Here's the great thing, is that not only does it disarm her and make her want you more, but it makes you enjoy hanging out with her more. Oh, yeah. Like, if if you can talk to a girl and be like, I fucked a fat girl, whatever, and not care and not be worried, you're going to like hanging out with that girl more because you're like, I can just be myself around her and I don't have to fucking put on some kind of show or some kind of act and put this mask on of perfection Excuse me for the noise. I'm just treating myself to another glass of Savoy's Balan Balvenine, Balvenine, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> but um, yeah, you don't have to put on an act. You don't have to do any of that shit. You enjoy hanging out with the girls more. Like you do it, and it it becomes fun. It becomes hanging out. Like, it come it becomes hanging out with like your friends, and you can show up at a girl's house, and you don't have to necessarily, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not advocating dressing down, because you don't want to dress, it's not like, dress like shit, and don't comb your hair, and it doesn't matter, mm. but like you're saying, like Mystery says, blow your nose in front of a girl, don't be nervous to blow, and I, and trust me, dude, I was the kind of guy who, like, I'd sneak off into the bathroom to blow my nose, and oh, back in high school, like, I, I, if I had to pee, I wouldn't even tell a girl I was going to pee, I'd be like, I'm going to make a phone call, so I could pee. Oh, wow, how oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, 
I, you know, I was the same way when I went on dates with girls. Like, uh, if I went to, you know, I always take them to a fancy restaurant and, and, and like, a, a movie. And then when I went to, I was all concerned about, like, table manners when I was eating with them. You know, I never wanted to, uh, you know, eat too fast and stuff. I wanted to make sure I, you know, cut, cut you know, with the proper way and use the right salad fork and not the other fork. I mean, it's just, yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. It, it, yeah. it, you're being, and, and this is something that at some point or other, um, I do want to either write a, uh, you know, it'll probably be a free report because I, I, I don't have the the fucking testicular fortitude to charge my readers anything for anything I do, which is killing me. But uh, I'll probably give it away. But at some point, I'm gonna write something all about um, the whole idea of that 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 concept of of unmasking. Because I think it's it's something I learned through. I read a lot of spirituality, like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and, and a lot of those guys. And I, I mean, don't, I don't actually, read any of that. No, no I should probably not. <laughs> um, it, it 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 actually preceded Wayne Dyer's erroneous own book. Preceded seduction oh. for me, huh? Okay, yeah, I know I know who you're talking about. I think I got the book, but I got so many books I haven't read yet. Yeah, that book, it preceded, it was like, I mean, Ross Jeffries preceded pretty much every self-help book, but in terms of, like, pra- practical usage, um, uh, off-topic again, too, but uh, the, How to Win Friends and Influence People was probably one of the most powerful books I read, and then The Euronian yeah. by Wayne Dyer. That book made me realize the mask that society puts on, and if you really want to build rapport with people, you just drop the mask. The quicker you can drop your mask and get them to drop their mask, the quicker you're going to build rapport, go into comfort, and if you want a one-night stand, if that's really what you want, the quicker you're going to get that, because it's all about getting a girl to drop that mask she has up. Cause that's so all, true. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we, we all walk into a bar with that fucking mask on, and we hold our drink shield, and we're like in like proper mask not going to say anything wrong, not going to do anything. And, and you have that total mentality. And the quicker, and it's like a disarming effect. My father actually told me, I was talking to him the other day, because uh, we, we had this long discussion about shyness. Because my father used to be extremely shy, and now at some point in the last 10 years, he's turned into the most talkative person I know in front of other people. And I was oh, like, wow. well, you know, what What the hell? And I was probably maybe the last 15, 15 years. I said, what changed in you that, that made you like that? Because I'm, I'm on the shyer side, too. I said, well, you know, what, what was it that, that made you like that? And he said, what made me like that was the idea of, of and he even coined the term, I'm sure he's not the originator, but he said, unmasking. He said, I, I learned to unmask the people. He's like, I realized that everybody is exactly the same. He's like, everybody has the same fears, the same insecurities. He's like, you know, he's like, I talk to these guys, you know, and they're making $2 million a year as their investment banker and they're driving 740 BMWs and they're doing this and they're doing that. He's like, and you talk to them and they're the same fucking person as me. He's like, and I just, I I don't give them that. He's like, most people would, would, meet somebody like that and they would give them like a, a sense of respect and they would be like oh my god this guy is an investment banker and he's making this kind of money i have to be proper he's like i meet this guy and i tell him that you know uh 
whatever. I, you know, I we a hot girl walks by and I go, "Wouldn't you like to fuck her?" And mm-hmm. the investment banker he immediately goes into and they call this a seduction community caveman mode because in reality we're all cave we're glorified cavemen. Mm-hmm. And if and, and the investment banker goes into caveman mode and he's like. Yeah, I would like to fuck her, you know? And you both now have that bond of like, wait a minute, we don't have to hit each other. You're not any better than me. We'd both like to fuck that hot girl that walked by, you know? Like, we both have, want that, we both have the same core desire. And in uh, dealing with women, is that you know, a woman has the same core desire as you do, as that I do, or as that any guy does. A woman wants to be understood, she wants to feel appreciation, she wants self respect. I mean,. Uh, a woman wants all basically the same things you do, and when you can drop that that mask of her and let her admit that, it's really powerful stuff, and it's it's something that I'm actually at the moment experimenting with, and tech, you know, it's it's not something I want to get into deeply right now, but it's it's definitely something that uh, I've noticed and I've actually come aware to and it's not even just with women it's with like friends and every like I, I gave you the example earlier of the guys who are afraid to to, to speak their faults because and when you, when somebody's afraid to speak their faults you know they have a mask on when somebody has a mask on you don't believe them yeah. you know yeah you know what's that too back in the day like I had friends or there's guys I met they'd come up to me and they'd be like bragging about oh you know like I fucked like 300 girls and blah, 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 which, you know, isn't necessarily the biggest number in the world. But at that time in my life, I thought that was ridiculous. And, you know, I'd get all pissed off and I'd be like, what a douchebag, he's full of shit, you know. I'd get all like, you know, and you just got to realize, I mean, the reason why he's telling you that is he's trying to impress you. I mean, you got to look underneath the surface and see what's actually going on in, in the psychology and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, if some guy comes up to me and all of the blue without me really knowing him much and starts bragging to me about how much of the study is, you know, it, you gotta look at what he's trying to accomplish. I mean, yeah, he, he he's looking for he's looking to impress you, and when no, somebody's just... looking to impress you, the, you're automatically you're like it it's salesman mode. What does he want from me? Why is he trying to impress me? Like, you know, it's uh when a salesman's trying to impress you, you know he's trying to impress you because he wants something. Yeah. He wants you to buy. I mean, the sales yeah, the salesman's trying to sell you something, but if it's some guy that you just meet there and he's doing that. Obviously, you know, you're talking about, you know, DHB, higher value. Obviously, he considers you, like, higher value. He's trying to, you know, yeah, you should take that and you should be flattered by it rather than, than uh, disgusted by it. Trying to impress you, and he wants something from you. Because, I mean, human nature says yeah. that what we all want something from somebody else. I yeah. mean, there's just, I mean, we're selfish, selfish human beings, like, you don't do anything without even when you're even like they they give the example even when you're giving to charity mm-hmm. you're not you know you're doing it to give to charity but you're doing it because it makes you feel good it makes you think to yourself hey I'm a good person I give to charity like that's why you're really doing it mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it gives you a good feeling like this guy here I mean obviously you want me to acknowledge and say oh wow you slept the three hundred women it's so awesome you know then he gets a warm tingly inside and then he likes me more. Which maybe I should, you know, now I'd probably do that, you know, because if I had a guy on my side, he can probably help me out with a... How to win friends and influence people, man. How to win friends and influence people. Yeah. It is, and I'm actually going to send you, I'm going to send you, uh, you got to give me your, you got to send me your address. We actually just, uh, I know guys listening, I said this is, we weren't going to pitch anything, and this isn't a pitch, it's actually just 
we actually just published a uh, the, the best of TSB magazine hardcover book, and there's a a uh, hundred page social manuscript that I actually wrote back in college, which was uh, it was based on mass controlling my my you know I wrote it with the purpose of mass controlling my college social scene is is what I, I I took the principles from How to Win Friends and Influence People and Dr. Robert Cialdini who wrote the book Influence. And I apply it to social influence, um, but my point was is that, like you're saying, is that yeah, like that guy, he wanted something from you, and even though he, and, and like naturally as human beings, we like we we don't want to when we know somebody wants something from us, we want to deny them it, like we want to, and and when somebody's wrong about something, we wanna we wanna let them know that we know they're wrong, like if somebody's telling you a story and they they. They they say like uh, you know in 1989 the Yankees won the World Series and we know the Yankees didn't win the World Series in 1989 we naturally want to be like no the Yankees didn't win the World Series in 1989 but if if you examine the conversation from a outsider point of view you telling that kid that the Yankees didn't win the World Series in 1989 it didn't make the conversation any better it didn't add to it it actually detracted it because now you took value away from him and you're like kind of lessening his value in his eyes and he's it, any chance you have like if a guy's telling you he slept with 300 girls and he wants your approval not only give him your approval but pass it on <laughs> you understand what I mean like if yeah. a guy goes I slept with 300 people and he wants you and, and, and not only you go oh man you're fucking lucky oh that's fucking good shit when your friend walks over go yo this motherfucker slept with 300 people and not in like a condescending, in like a, in a good way. Now you've not only acknowledged him, but you've praised him to one of your friends, and now you've doubled his value. And now he's in his my, you're the coolest guy. Like now he's like, dude, this guy fucking respects me. And when somebody respects you, it makes you respect them. And now this guy's like, I'll do anything for this guy, you know? And it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's 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 human nature is a funny thing, and uh, it's something that needs to be explored more. And it's something that. The community explores in terms of women, but they don't explore it enough in terms of just the general application of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, true. All right, we're so sidetracked, but I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, back to it. women. <laughs> huh? Yeah, back to women, man. I guess I've been talking about gaming guys a little too much, man. No, I, I, I have too. But you know what? It's, it's the thing you got to understand, and and like people may be listening, and go talk about gaming women. It's the same shit. It is. It's so true. You know, it's it's this stuff here. You know, yeah. You know, maybe the niche now is is you know guys trying to pick up women and stuff like that. But it applies to so many facets of your life. I think my relationship, like with my parents and my family, my brother, uh, you know, with my boss. I mean, it's it's helped me in more areas than just women. <laughs> oh yeah. People, people, the way the way I I advise anybody to look at life in general is. Is picture high school. Life is like high school multiplied throughout your life. Like it's not going to always be as clicky, or it's not going to be always as uh, hard to move through social scenes. But life is generally like high school, and the way that shit worked in high school is the way it's going to work the rest of your life. And making friends and doing shit for people is going to be always be the same way. And making guy friends in high school 
was crucial, you know, and making guy friends now is crucial. And you can look at it like, well, why are, you, why are these guys talking about making guy friends? Well, I'll tell you why I'm talking about making guy friends. Because the girl I'm dating right now, I met through my guy friend's girlfriend. The, the girl I dated before that, I met because she lived um, two floors up from one of my guy friends. The girl I dated before that was best friends with a girl I was dating from one of my guy friends. So, like, you got to look at it that way. Like, it, it's going to come to a point, and even anybody... If you really put like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon to the chicks you've met, chances are you've met them because of one of your guy friends. So don't don't discourage the fact of making guy friends because making guy friends will will ultimately lead to more women. I can speak. I just gave you my last three serious girlfriends, and if I went further, I can probably even go further. I just don't feel like going further at the moment. But the last three were directly tied to guy friends. That's a good track record. But um, at the third, we're only on number three here. Oh wow, well, yeah. How you doing Sorry with time? And what's your schedule like, Matt? Yeah, Matt, it's, it's I got plenty of time. All right, cool. I'm 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 good too. I'm feeling. Savoy Scotch is uh, it's quality stuff. I'm on two glasses. I'm feeling nice. I I uh, that's good. I'm not I'm not in any rush. So uh, the third thing that I wrote down here was they are not willing to deal with the awkward period where everything feels funny. Tell me that that doesn't ring a bell. Oh, so, oh, so much. Tell me, tell me, give the, I want to hear a little bit about your, your period. You read the game. I know, I know from talking to you, you knew a little bit about Ross Jeffries too. We, we've, uh, we've spoken previously about our, our, finding that playboy of Ross Jeffries, but you read the game and you got into it. So like, what, you know, like, these guys, and and this is kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, and I, I cut you off because we were going to get into it later, and we may even still get into it later, but the marketing of, of the seduction material and the pickup material, they market it like overnight success, you know, 10-second attraction, all this stuff. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, if you sit down with any pickup artist, whether it be mystery, Cajun, uh, Vin Carlos. Every guy will tell you it takes minimum of six months to get really good, and that's real. And, and six months, I don't even think you're, you're not going to be mystery good. You're going to be good. You know, you're going to be like, all right, I can, I can finally get hot chicks. But you're not going to walk into a bar and get any hot chick you want. You're going to get hot chicks though, and you know. But I think that the marketing, like you said earlier makes it makes discourages guys because it makes them believe that it should be happening instantly and it doesn't happen instantly. So just tell tell us tell me a little bit about your initial introduction and when you went out and you tried to use this stuff and what happened. Okay, I'm going to start with that then I might go to the mar- I might comment about the marketing thing. So first like my personal experience, uh you know, I okay, so I I lived in like western Wisconsin, you know, close to the Twin Cities area. And you know, I always had friends and whenever I had friends with me, I never had a whole lot of issues with women. So I had so many friends, I could do like a social circle game like you're talking yeah. about. A lot of my major issues and the stuff the times where I really seek the the guidance of the seduction community is like when I got like an internship, the first time I had an internship for my job, I had moved down to Madison, Wisconsin, and I was on my own. I didn't know anybody down there at all. So I was down there on my own, and I, I didn't know how to function. I didn't know how to to go out by myself and meet new friends and, uh, and uh, you know, meet new women. I mean, I'd sit around my apartment complex. I, I'd work my internship job, and then at night I'd go to my apartment, 
and I would sit around and watch The Simpsons and watch TV, drink some beers and go to bed. You know, and then, then I, I wondered why I wasn't meeting, you know, women. Why I didn't have a girlfriend? Why why I wasn't meeting new friends? You know, and a, a similar thing happened uh, back in 2004. I finally got my first real like long-term professional job and I moved from the you know the, the Twin Cities area down to Milwaukee I didn't know anybody down here at all and I had you know some preconceived notion that when I moved down here that that I'd meet tons of, of women and friends through my job and through my apartment complex and stuff like that and I get to my job and you know I worked ended up working for a fairly small company most of the people who worked there were older, middle-aged people. They were married. They had kids. You know, the people in my apartment complex, I, I did a poor job of uh, choosing my apartment complex. Most of the people that lived there were, you know, you know, kind of like white trash and whatnot, you know. So, you know, I mean, so then, you know, similar to what I did in Madison, I just sat around my apartment complex, watched TV, played video games, surfed the Internet, you know. Then I wondered, you know, why I wasn't meeting women and stuff like that. You know, it's because I wasn't leaving my comfort zone. You know, you know, I don't know what the hell I expected. I didn't know if I, I didn't, you know, maybe I thought like, you know, some chick was just gonna, some random chick was just gonna fucking bust through my wall in my apartment like Kool Aid Man and just, you know, rape me or something. But I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you gotta fucking, you gotta fucking go out there and, and put yourself on the line and, and go out there and meet some women and put yourself in situations and environments where where women are and, and, and talk to them. So that's, I mean, that's what happened with me. Uh, you know, my big milestone, like I said, was Thanksgiving 2006. I went back home and I went out with, like, my cousins in my hometown. And I went to a bar and there was this girl that was probably, like, eight years younger than me. And as soon as I went, you know, I was in there and this girl was, like, she's pretty hot, too. And she's, like, on me, like, flies on a cow pay. And, uh, you know, I just totally fucked it up. I mean, here it was pussy hand to me on a platter. I mean, and I fucked it up. I just started slamming shots and drinking beers and getting obnoxious and stuttering. You know, I realized the next morning, I mean, I'm not good with women, especially, you know, when I'm by myself, you know. I need to, I need to get some guidance, you know. That's when I start really taking the stuff that I, I knew about, the seduction community, for like 10 years. I mean, I bought the domain name eSeduce.com back in like 2002. You know, so I knew about this in a long time, but I never put a lot of it into action until until right around then. And, you know, it took me a while. I mean, and, and it's really, you know, I was like 30 or 29 at that point, and, you know, at first it just seemed so overwhelming. You're like, oh, my God, you know, I'm so behind my, I realized I was so behind, like, socially and, and you know, with women that, that my other friends were, you know, but then once you start getting into it and you start making progress, I mean, it's not so bad. I think some of the things I have written down here, I'm going to read because I just don't want to mess it up and start rambling because I'm, I'm slowly losing my train of thought. But uh, one of the things I wrote down was you can never go from shitty to great. There must be a learning period. And it's completely true. And it's it's like I think that really fucks people up is because like we talked about Neil Strauss's book The Game and in Neil Strauss's book The Game he 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 makes it sound like he went out one night for a mystery boot camp and he wore a pink hat and 
it didn't go that good. But then the next time he went out, he was a pickup artist, you know. And you read that book, and you're like, wait a minute. Neil Strauss, it took him one night to get good. And I'm here, and it's two months later, and I'm still kind of stumbling over my words. And I'm still losing attraction, and things aren't going, you know, totally good. And, and That's what all these guys are. I mean, whenever I hear somebody talk about their own, like, initial experience, you know, they're always like, oh, I was a loser, I was fat, I, I never got laid, I was a four, four 30-year-old virgin, and women treat me like shit, and then, then you know, I, I, I learned about the community, I was by myself with my own teachings, I was able to, you know, now I'm banging chicks, I get, I go on Valentine's Day, and there's three girls fighting for me, you know, at the same table, and, you know, that's not the reality of it. For me, I wasn't necessarily 100% horrible with girls back in the day, I mean, I had my moments and stuff like that. Yeah. And and now I'm not 100% awesome with chicks. I still have my problems from time to time. So, you know, you just got to keep that in mind. Yeah, no, it's true. It's it's not a, it's not a black or white issue. Like, um, I I mean I fully admit on on the site that I I like you. Like I had my moments. Like I've had periods and I, and I call them droughts and I, and. And I actually, amongst my friends, we call it rock bottom one, two, three, and four in my life. And I've had four rock bottoms. And during those rock bottom periods, I was absolutely the most skillless, clueless, like, you know, dry, pussy-letting, no-getting guy you can possibly meet. And those four periods, if I tell the story and I say that I was the worst guy in the world with women, I would be completely honest because those four periods of my life and each one of them lasted anywhere from one month to, to two or three or four months but there was also periods in my life where I was in college and I was you know it came super easy to me and the same thing like you're saying now is that it's I mean I have a girlfriend now so I'm not out on the scene I, I can't really judge my skill I'd like to think my skill level is still above par but you know I, I can't really say and I and I, I really believe that it's it's like that with everybody is that there's not, it's not like you're going to always be able to be unbelievable with women. It's a process. It's like anything. It's like, it's like playing baseball. You know, if you're out there practicing and you got your groove and you're in the zone, you can have those, those seasons where you're batting 300 and you're hitting 50 home runs. But you know, Alex Rodriguez or any of the best players in the world have those seasons where they, they don't bat so good. You know, they don't, they don't, their their records aren't as good, and they have those shitty seasons, and it's like that with anybody. It's like that with anything. The thing is, what what separates the guys that that succeed and the guys that fail is that the guys that fail is that they they can't handle that. You guys can't handle not being perfect. You can't handle going out to a bar, talking to a girl, and having her say, "I'm gonna go back and talk to my friends," and then you stand there and you feel stupid, and you. But and, and that's kind of brings me on to the next point is is that you got to have fun with it and that's got to be like the most major part of everything you learn is to have fun with it because if you're not having fun with it and this kind of goes back to what we started with in the beginning of it, is knowing what you really want but if you're not having fun with it if if every night you were calling me up mac and you're like let's go to the bar and practice game and and we're going to these bars we don't like and we're just reading openers that we read on the internet and we're trying to do shit and we don't even like club girls you know that's not the kind of girl i don't imagine i mean i don't know about you like me personally like i never imagined myself marrying or dating seriously a club girl 
get at, at, at good portions of my life, I was in clubs, and I think back on it, and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing there? I, I don't like kind of, I don't like club girls. Like, I don't, I just generally don't get along with them. I don't find them, their values in line with my values, but I was at these clubs, and uh, I wasn't having fun. I didn't like the music. I didn't like the guys that were at the club. I remember one night, me and Mike Stout were at a club, and uh, and this was like way in the beginning, and uh, and he's on my case. He's like, you got to open a set. You got to open a set. You got to open a set, you know, because he had opened one set, and it went kind of bad. So he's like, you got to open a set now, and I'm like, all right, I got to open a set, and I, I walked around for two hours, and I couldn't find a set to open, and I was just miserable. I was just wanting to leave, and he's like, all right, let's just leave. And I'm like, I'm not leaving without opening a set. So I opened a set, and we locked in. The set went good, but I'm talking to the set for like five, ten minutes, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, not even an enjoyable. The girls are kind of cute, but they're fucking horrible. And Stout goes, you know, he goes to me, he's just, Stout's like, I gotta go outside and smoke a cigarette. You wanna come with me? And we walked outside, he's like, let's go, let's leave. And we left, and it's like, and we realized that night, I realized, I'm like, the only, our only goal of that night was to open a set and work a set. And I go, but we weren't even having fun. We weren't, it wasn't even an enjoyable experience. When we did open a set, we didn't even like the girls. So what what was really fun about it? What was the uh, what was worth that night? Like was it worth me that awkward feeling I had all night that that dealing with it and having stout in my ear going pussy pussy open a set pussy like it wasn't worth it you know like I I, I finally opened a set and I'm talking to these girls for ten minutes and I'm like these fucking girls are just the most annoying girls I've ever talked to they're cute but they just have nothing to talk about they're it's just fucking boring i'm like I, I walked around for two hours intimidated to open up one of these girls and now that i had the balls to do it and and i was proud don't get me wrong i was like i felt felt good because like stout couldn't say anything he's like oh you opened it your set went good you these girls you know you locked them in they would have they gave us their numbers they, they did this and this and this and it was like an artificial feeling of good i felt good but i didn't get anything out of it i didn't i wasn't having fun i wasn't doing anything and the awkward, uh, and my point is, is that the awkward feeling you go through, if you can turn it into a fun time, you can deal with it. But if if you're going out, and like you listen to some of these guys, like you got to go out four nights a week. I mean, I don't know about you, but four nights a week is, is literally impossible for me. Um, and you yeah, you know, I, I try to, go, you know, I try to go out and like talk to women. I mean, I don't go to nightclubs four nights a week. I mean, I got. I get a regular job, you know, that's not manageable. I mean, some of these guys who are saying that, I mean, they're professional, full-time pickup artists, you know. I mean, yeah. if that was the case, yeah, I'd be going out seven nights a week if it's my job, or at least five nights a week. I mean, I work five days a week, but, you know, that's not practical. I mean, just because they say that doesn't, you know, you want, you want, you don't have to do it at the club. You can you can talk to women all throughout your, your day and stuff like that, but, yeah, you know, I, I, and getting back to your point there, I, I agree with you what's 100%. I know on my website, you know, one of the big things I can't stand now is these loud, like, dance clubs where you go in there, you're all about, you're trying to squeeze money out, you're trying to get you involved service, they're trying to, uh, you know, charge you a ridiculous cover to get in. You go in there and the music's so loud, you can barely talk to any girls. It's crowded as hell. You get a bunch of these guys in, in you know, affliction shirts, you know, with spiky hair. You know, it, it, it's just not my scene. I don't like it. I'm not comfortable there. And, you know, and, you know, I like to tell myself, hey, you know, suck it up, Max. You know, come on. 
you know, you got a say about picking up women. You should be able to do that. But, you know, I mean, if, if you don't like it, you're not comfortable there. Try someplace different. I mean, keep trying different places until you find one you like that you're comfortable at and it's a little easier for you. And, you know, going up and talking to women is something you actually enjoy. I mean. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you're, you're totally right. Is that uh, if you're not enjoying it, don't don't do it. Life is too fucking short. I like if if because this is the way I look at it is that if you're at a bar and you're you're at a club or even of a bar if you don't even like bars if you're at a bar and you're talking to girls you're only doing it for the wrong reasons. You're doing it and this is, goes back to the Wayne Dyer book I I recommended earlier the Euronius Zones. Um, if you're doing it, it's an erroneous zone. It's you you want social approval and. Uh, you might want to not admit it, but you want the approval of your friends. You want to go out to this club and you want to pick up a chick from the club because you want your friends to think Mac is cool. Mac, you see Mac pick up that girl, you know. I mean, I, listen, we're all the same. It all feels good to get our friends' approval. Like it's, it's just we all want our friends to think we're the shit, and we all want like we want to be able to chime in when the next day they're talking about how they hooked up or got laid. We want to have our story too. But if that's the only reason you're doing it, then don't do it. Like, don't do it. There's other ways to meet girls. Um, have fun with it. That's all. I mean, that's all I really want to say about that is just have fun with it. And sometimes having fun means doing what you want to do. Uh, and part of the reason uh, I didn't like online dating, and I don't want to discourage anybody who who might be interested in online dating, because, like I said earlier, tons of people love online dating. The reason I didn't like online dating is because, and this is partly my fault, because I got into online dating before I really got into the community, and I, you know, now I think if if I was single, I could totally rock online dating, because I, I, I understand a lot more than I did back then, but part of the reason I hated online dating is because you talk to these girls on instant messenger, and then you finally go out on a date with them, and they all want to go on, and it's not even their fault, because we're the guys, we should be leading it, we should be dictating the, um, you know, the the flow of the date, but at the time, I was just stupid and, and naive, and I'd be like, oh, you want to go for drinks, or you want to go for coffee, like the coffee one, I did a hundred times, you want to go for coffee, and uh, I'd meet the girl for coffee, and I'd be drinking coffee, and I'd be having such a miserable time, because I'd be sitting there with the girl going, so, what do you, you know, you have any brothers or sisters? she tell me about her brothers and sisters. Go, so, where'd you go to college again? Fairleigh Dickinson? Oh, you went to Fairleigh Dick- Dickinson. Oh, yeah. did you live on campus? And she'd be the most boring, banal, fucking, ah, uh, just disheartening conversation in the world. And I'd be having, a, I wouldn't be having a good time. So, it got to the point where, like, I'd be searching online, and it got to the point where I just gave up. I was like, I don't. I don't like online dating because I go out on these stupid dates with these stupid girls. None of them are as good looking as their pictures, and it just wasn't a good time. So I, I it wasn't working for me, and I gave up too easily. Now, just two things to be said to that. One thing is this, if you're doing it right, it's it's always you got to make the best of any situation. If you go to a club, you got to make the best of it. If you decide, if your friends drag you to a club and you hate clubs, make the best of it. Even if the best of it means fucking with girls all night like you know just decide when you when you show up at the club instead of going like me and mike stout that night going we have to open sets we have to we have to get at least one number tonight or else it's a failure get to the club and be like and if you look around and all these girls are like hanging on the old fucking italian 
guys and they're hanging out over to DJ and you can tell that you're just not gonna like any of these girls. Just make a pact with yourself to fuck with them. Be like, let's just fuck with girls tonight. Let's just go up to every girl and just fuck with them. Let's just get in a conversation with them and just fuck with their heads. Like get them thinking shit and just make ourselves laugh. Like let's get let's have conversations that we just crack the hell up. Just do that. Because now now you're like you're getting practice talking to hot chicks. You don't care about the outcome and you're having a good time. Like that's so true. You, you, you got to make the best. You know, I, I know what you're saying, too. I mean, yeah, if your friends drag you to, like, someplace you don't want to be at, you know, yeah, don't be a whiny little bitch and complain all night. Nobody wants to be with somebody like that. Just make the best out of it. I mean, you know, take a little less pressure off yourself. Say, okay, this is someplace I don't want to be, but I'm going to make the best out of it. I'm going to try my best to have fun and go, you know, drink a few drinks and... Go up and talk to some women. Yeah, definitely. Very few people ever completely overcome approach anxiety. The difference is that the guys who get girls don't let that anxiety dictate their lives. Your feelings on that quote that I just quoted myself. Um, that's so true. I totally agree with that. You know, I mean, on my site, usedoos.com, I, anytime I see a guru or a dating coach write some kind of article about you know, overcoming approach anxiety, I always try to make a point to post it. And of all the ones I've posted by every guru, I haven't seen any one fail-safe solution to it. I mean, it's something you're going to have to deal with. And, uh, you know, you just got to push yourself through it like anything in life. I mean, I don't like lifting weights, and I don't like going waking up in the morning and going to work, but, you know, you just got to push yourself to do it. I mean, I guess I don't have a whole lot more to say about that. I mean, my, my feeling on that is, and I actually, I was talking to a, a good guy, a reader of mine, this guy, Morgan, Morgan, he's a real cool guy from this site, he called me up, and uh, and we were talking, and I admitted him to something that, that like, I, I don't admit too often, but I admitted it, I said, you know, he, we're talking, and he's like, blah, 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 bars, and I go, he's talking about approaching, I go, I go, I have fucking approach anxiety, I go, I hate cold approaching, I'm not afraid to. I hate it. Like I'm, I'm not. Like I'm gonna tell you, vehemently that you have to get over that fear. I go, but I hate it. I avoid it. When I go out to my friends, like I avoid it. Like I'm not gonna sit there and go. If a guy points to a girl and he's like, "Go open her," I'm gonna try to talk my way out of it. I'm going to. Like you know, I'm not. I don't like doing it. Like it's not. I. I I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Oh, you know, it's fucking cake. You just do it. You just do it." Like I hate it. I mean, I. I hate it, and there's two things you can do. You can either force yourself to do it, which I've done, or you can build a lifestyle that enables you to not have to do it, which is how I've always managed to do good with girls, is that I know, you know, social circle game, I know, you know, I, I, know, how, to, I know how to build value without cold approaching. I mean, I cold approached, I've picked up girls in bars, I've done it, but I hate it. Like, I, I'm not, it, 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 I've never in... I've been doing it for four years, and I still hate it. Like, I can't I can't look a guy in the eyes and go, you know what? It's fucking cake, man. You just visualize it, and it's easy. Like, no, it sucks. I fucking hate it. I do it when I have to do it. I avoid doing it, and that's why I tell everybody. I say, if you want to really get... If you don't like cold approaching, get really good at social circle game. Because if you get really good at social circle game, you don't have to cold approach as much. But here's the deal. If you don't have social circle game, you got to cold approach. And here's the deal. Yeah. 
I just admit it. I don't like doing it, and I'm sure that I, I, I'd, I'd have to. If I had to make a guess, if you had a choice, you wouldn't cold approach, right? Like, do you enjoy it? I had a good social circle where I could constantly meet a, a good influx of, of good-looking women. Yeah, why do cold approaching? I mean, it's. it's you know, the thing is, like, if you have a good social circle like you do, you're already so many steps ahead. I mean, obviously the girl's comfortable with you. She knows some more guys you do. I mean, you're so much farther along in the process than if you were to go up and co-approach a girl. So, yeah, I mean, by far, I'd rather meet some girl through the social circle. But, no, I mean, co-approaching is a fact of life. I mean, like, like me personally, even stuff like, like job interviews and even phone interviews, even this phone interview here is, you know, I don't, you're cool to talk to, Bobby, but I know this is going to be, there's pressure behind it because I know this is going to be on your website and people are going to be listening to it. But, I mean, you're, either you can... Uh, just not do it, or you can, you know, not go to any job interviews and not have a job. Or I guess there's options, but there's also times where you just gotta suck it up and face your fears and, you know, persevere and try it. But yeah, you know, it's it's six one way a half a dozen other. I I agree with you completely. It's yeah, <laughs> you, you know, know I see a yeah, sorry. No, go, go ahead. Finish, finish, finish. You know, I've seen videos online. There's one online, I'm sure everybody's seen it, it involves mystery where he gets approached anxiety. He's at some club. And he gets approached anxiety, and then he tries it backwards, rationalize it by saying, oh, Jesus, it's a good thing I didn't go up and approach her because uh, I would have got blown out and my social value would have went, you know, bottom out. And, you know, look, mystery right there. Supposedly the best pickup artist in the world. He gets approached anxiety. I mean, everybody gets it. You know, I mean, you brought up a good point. You said, like, this phone call, you had a little bit of an anxiety calling. And you said job interviews, you had a little bit of anxiety calling. I mean, and, and like, and I said earlier that I hate, I hate, I hate cold approaching. Mm -hmm. And I do it when I have to do it. I, I try to avoid doing it, just like I try to avoid going on job interviews. And I try to, yeah. but, that, but it's the fact of the matter. Like, I, I, like, exactly what you said. Like, I do these interviews, and I do these interviews with guys like, you know, you and I, Ross Jeffries and friggin' uh, Savoy and whoever. And every single phone call I make, before I make it, I, I'm like nervous. I'm, I'm yeah. like, oh shit, I'm, I gotta make this call, it's gotta be good, it's gonna go up on the website. Stout's gonna fucking talk shit if he doesn't think it's good. Like, you know, there's so much shit, there's so much pressure. And the the, the thing is, is that... When I did my first interview, I, I I don't know if you remember. I think my first my first major interview was with Barry Kirky and Christian Hudson, both in the same day. And up until then, the only podcast that me and Stout did was me and Stout. And that day, we had Barry Kirky and Christian Hudson calling in, and I was scared shitless. I mean, now I know Barry Kirky, but at the time he was Estramass from the game, and I was like, oh my god, and Christian Hudson, and I was so nervous. And it, like that feeling, it's like you just do it. And then the next time, it's like, you just do it. And then the next time, you just do it. And then you just always just do it. And every time, it's a little less painful. And but but like I said, even as I'm calling you tonight, after my, you know, doing 50 of these things, I'm still nervous. I'm still going, shit, am I going to fuck up tonight? Am I going to make this interesting? Is this going to go over well? Am you know, am I even gonna get along with Mac? Or you know, like I, you don't know, like you don't know any of these things, yeah, and sure. and you hate it. And I'd rather do podcasts with Stout because I'm comfortable with him, and it's not, you know, there's no question of like, okay, am I gonna hate this? 
but you don't, you know, like that's just, you step out of your zone, your comfort zone, you get rewarded more. You know, you get to do the interviews sure. with the guys. You get to, you know, I, I get to talk to you and we get to explore shit. If you don't step out of your comfort zone, yeah, you can only go with girls in your social scene, which I said, I, I love that. I do. I love it. I, you know, but at the same time, there's not, like you said, there's not going to be always times where that's possible. And I've gone through periods in my life where, you know, you graduate college, you change social scenes, you quit a job, you change social scenes, and you have to cold approach. And when that's the case, you just have to do it. Yep. And, and I guess the best advice I can give you, and to sum up everything we're saying, is is I hate it, Mac hates it, Mystery hates it, Neil Strauss hates it, everybody fucking hates it. The difference is, is that they do it, I do it, you do it. We, you know, like if if you're gonna be successful, you have to do it. And don't think that there's something wrong with you because you hate doing it. You're normal. We all hate doing it. But if if you gotta do it, you gotta do it. You know, like that's just how it is. Like. And that's something I, I, it took me a long, like, my, my friends who were naturals, like, I was like, like, yeah, but you just, you don't even care, you'll just walk up to any girl in a bar and say anything, you're like, are you fucking crazy, you're like, you don't know how long I have to talk myself into it? Yeah. Like, I sit there going, just do it, just do it, and I, he goes, I do it. And I realized, yeah. the, only, the only difference between him and me is he does it, and this is back before I did it, yeah. I go, I go, he does it, and I don't, that's the only difference, we both have the same fear, but... Yeah. I, I get to the point where I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Okay, don't do it. He gets to the point where he goes, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And he's like, fucking, I'm doing it. You know, that's the only difference. Like, yeah. you're always going to have that that voice in your head going, don't do it. She's not, she's probably not worth talking to anyway. And you're going to have every reason in the world to talk. You're, you're like mystery going, if I talk to her, or just whatever, whatever his excuses were. You're going to have the same excuses. I have every excuse in the book going through my mind when I'm cold approaching. Is it oh, the same yeah. thing, you know, when I'm anything like when i'm going on a job anything anything that takes me out of my comfort zone like cold calling jesus christ you know how like i i hate cold calling for when i was a real estate agent you yeah, every excuse in the world not to cold call mm-hmm. but at, at some point you have to be like just fucking cold call and you just pick up the phone and you do it and that's how how cold approaching is is that i guess the one thing i want anybody listening to get out of this is that nobody likes it you just got to do it you're not if you feel stupid doing it you're not the only one. I agree. All right. Let's see what else we got here. They wait to get into state instead of getting in state by having fun and rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to this one completely. I mean, I remember like when I moved down to Milwaukee here, I'd go out by myself, and I'd go down to the bars, and I'd go in, and I'd feel uncomfortable the minute I walked into the bar, and I felt everybody was staring at me, so I'd go up and I'd, I'd grab a beer, go to the corner, stand around, chug my beer, get another beer, go to the bathroom like ten times. You know what? Oh, you know, you know. And then you know, I, I, I eventually I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm just gonna leave now. You know, I next time uh, tomorrow night I'm gonna come back down here, but beforehand, you know, beforehand I'm gonna put myself in stage, and then I'm gonna come out and. I'll take care of stuff. And then you know what happens? The next night comes around, I go out and I do the exact same thing and I make the same excuse. And I say, oh, you know, next week when I go out on Friday, you know, I'll, I'll get myself a state. You, know, you, you got to take initiative. you got to do that. I mean, the way you're doing it is, like you said, have fun. I mean, you know, I, I remember one night when I went out, I was with some guys, and just nothing was going for us. And finally, I mean, I, I just, I'm like, I got to go into, like, I went to some, 
like alley or something by myself. I just like start jumping around, and getting pumped up, and getting, you know, and when some of the, you know, anxiety and stuff out, out, you know, and I went back in there. And I just like, you know what? I'm just gonna have fun. I'm just gonna go in there. and I'm just gonna talk to girls. If they told me to fuck off, I'm just gonna talk to the next one. You know, water off the duck's back. I mean, you gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta take initiative, and you, you gotta have a good time doing it. Like ha- having a good time really makes a difference of state. People are like, I gotta get into state, and I think back, and uh, I'm like, well, when am I in state? Like, when when have I really been in state? And I look back, and I'm like, and and every, and I I might have wrote, written about this on TSB. I might not have, but every every October, um, Montclair, where I went to college, they have homecoming weekend. And every October, I'm totally in state. Like, and I'm like, why am I in? And like, I go out and like, even with a girlfriend, I'm like, I go out and I'm so hard to be faithful because I'm just so in state. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I in state? Like, why? Is, and I and I, I, it hit me last October. I started thinking about. It. I'm like, I'm like, when I go out these nights, I'm like, I'm just so fucking on. I'm like, it's just ridiculous. I'm like, I don't even want to be on, and I'm on. I'm like, what, what's going on? And I'm, I'm like analyzing. I'm like, well. The reason I'm on is because my whole mentality for that night is I'm going to see old friends from college. I haven't seen these guys. And I don't even care about anything except just having... I'm going out and my my mentality going into the weekend of homecoming is I can't wait to go hang out with these guys and just fucking talk about those old jokes we used to have and everything. So when you're out with those those people and you're having that good time, like that's just state. That is what state is all about. It's all about having a good time. And when you're having that good time, you're just on because you're just radiating good time, and everybody wants to be around somebody that's having a good time. And uh, I mean, I guess that's all I can really say about state. And I know what you're saying is I've made that mistake too, and I've used that as an excuse, and I still do. And I don't, I don't use it as an excuse with chicks, but I use it as an excuse with like, you know, TSB, for instance. You know, I'll be like writing an article, and I'll. Uh, and I'll be like, I'll get home, and I'll be like, i got to write an article for TSB, and I'll sit down at the computer, and I'll be like, ah, I'm just not in state right now, I don't have any, it's not coming naturally. <laughs> and I'll be like, alright, I'll write one later, and then later will come, and I'll surf the internet, and I'll check my email, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm not in state, you know? The fact of the matter is, you just, you, you don't have to enjoy doing everything, you just have to do it sometimes. Like, and But once you start doing it, you start enjoying it, if you make the process fun, if I sit down to write an article and I don't, I'm writing about something I don't want to write about, it's gonna suck. But if I sit down and I write it, like write about something and I start enjoying it, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool, and I get into it. And the same thing with meeting chicks. Like, if you go out to a bar and you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to chicks, but I have to because that's the only way I want to meet them. Then you're gonna start talking to them and you're gonna hate it. But if you're like, go out to a bar and you're like, let me just talk to some chicks because that's the only way I'm gonna meet a girl, and let me just see how it is. And you start talking to a girl and you're like, wait a minute. Talking to girls is kind of fun. Like it, it's a lot funner than standing in a corner alone. Like yeah. even if it doesn't go good, even if you don't hook up, even if the, every girl there turns you down, at the end of the night you're like, dude, I talked to a bunch of fucking girls. I said some jokes. I made some girls laugh, and it's just a better night. Like I've had so many. Don't get me wrong. Like I've had so many nights where I didn't get anything. I didn't even get a phone number. But I walked home going, that was a good night, just because I had a really good conversation with a new group of people. And that was a good fucking night. Oh, and, definitely. Uh, you know, and, and and just I mean, how how bad does a night suck when you go home and you're like, 
you and your same friend that you always go out with, and you're like, dude, and you're sitting in a corner, and you're talking about the same shit you talked about last night, and you have nothing to even say to each other anymore because you've said everything. I mean, the great thing, look at it like this way. This is the best advice I can. If you go out to a girl and, and you're scared to talk to girls, just think about that story that you like telling your friend and just be like, I'm going to find a girl to tell that story t- tonight because that's really what it's all about. It's like your friends heard all your good stories. So go look at it like I'm going to find a new person uh, who enjoys hearing my stories and is interested in my shit. Like, who wants to hear my shit? Because this guy's sick of hearing my shit. He doesn't, he's not interested in my shit anymore. So I'm going to find a girl who nods and, and appreciates the shit I'm telling her. And just look at it like that. Don't even look at it like, i got to go build attraction. Be like, you know, I want to find a girl who's generally interested in what I'm saying. Because that's really what we crave deep down inside. Is everybody just wants somebody who's interested in what they have to say. Whether it be a guy, a girl, a boss, a co-worker, we just want somebody to be like, oh, you know, Bobby, you're, you've got a lot of good shit to say, or Mac, you know, I I really like what you're saying, you know, you, you're you a cool guy, like, that's, deep down inside, that's what you want, and look at it like this, look at it like, I'm going to find a girl, I'm a cool guy, I know I'm a cool guy, I'm going to find a girl who acknowledges that I'm a cool guy, and if I hook up with her, cool, if I don't, at least I got that acknowledgement, and I got to ex- show one more person on earth that I'm a cool guy. I I mean, I think that's a good way to look at when you're out at a bar is instead of going, shit, I got to win this girl over. And, you know, I mean, of course, that's the goal if that's what your goal is. But just look at it like, dude, I want to have fun. Like, I want to find a girl I can tell the stories to that my friends are sick of hearing. Because I like telling those stories and I enjoy telling them. And I want to find somebody who fucking laughs at that joke because it's a funny joke. And that's, you know, just do, try that, try it, and see how it goes, you know, just go out and be like, put your A-game on, put all the shit that, you, that your friends used to crack up about, and be like, I'm going to find somebody else who's going to crack up and just laugh their asses off at this shit, and chances that's, that's are a, you'll find somebody. Yeah, I like that, because that's so easy to do, I mean, just think, like, okay, the next time you're in a bar, nothing's going on, you're talking to your guy friend, you know you should talk to some girl, just take, I mean, you don't even have to think of, of some can routine or a can opener or anything. I mean, Bobby's telling you, just take something, take a story that one of your friends is telling you or you're telling your friends and just take it right there and go tell a girl. Right? I mean, that's, 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 you know, maybe some of these stories might not be as effective as others, but it's a great way to get the ball rolling. I mean, and that's all that matters. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it it is all that matters. It's all all like if you're saying you want to have a good time. Well, like my my point is is that a good time to me, like my ideal. If you said Bobby, what's your ideal day out? I mean, I, I'm a narcissistic, just like everybody else. My ideal, like if I pictured my ideal fucking day, it's like me at a bar and there's like twelve people surrounding me, listening to every word I'm saying, laughing and thinking to themselves how cool I am, like. I'm not going to lie, like, that's my ideal day. Like, I just want fucking, I want to have an audience of people going, he's fucking funny, he's cool, he's whatever, you know, and, like, just, we all want that. So, like, you have two choices. You can either be that audience for somebody else, which is, it that helps you make friends because everybody wants that audience. So if you go out and you're like, I'm going to be that perfect audience to whoever I talk to tonight, everybody's going to love you and you're going to make more friends. Or you can be the guy who the people are the perfect audience to. And if you just forget about the whole idea of your 
the outcome you want in terms of I want to get laid tonight or I want to meet a girl, and you're just like, I'm either gonna be the perfect audience or I'm gonna or I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna fucking just get people laughing at my shit and enjoying my company. You're gonna have a good time. So, I want to move on to the next one. Okay. Uh... I'm going to repeat that out loud. I'm not going to go too deep into this one, but once again, I said, wait, wait, wait. Instead of always being on, guys, wait till the weekend to bust out game. You need to be game. Um, I learned that, 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 that phrase, you need to be game. I'm not going to claim that. That uh, I was with Adam Lyons in New York. I, I hung out with him for a weekend for a boot camp that he was doing, and I was like, he invited me to, to chill and... He kept saying the phrase, I am game, I am game. And I thought it was like a cocky, like, salesmanship type thing he was saying when he first said it. And then I realized uh, later on that night exactly what he, when he, when he said, I am game, I realized what he meant. is that Adam's always on. He's always on. And it, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because, like, we talked about that mask of, like, um, you know, you always have the mask on. Like, you, you know, you don't. Always being on is good, but at the same time, when you're always on, it, it it could be too much for people. But at the same time, like no matter who Adam was talking to, he was game. Like whether he was talking to a fat, ugly waitress or he was talking to a hot, beautiful bartender, he was the same person. And I, and like I think that's part of his success is that he's he's always on. And I think a lot of guys get into this shit and they go out and they're like they talk to a hot chick and they're like. Oh shit! I gotta, I gotta push pull. I gotta, I gotta be cocky, funny, and then they, and then they're sitting next to a, a fat bartender or just a fat chick or anybody, and they think they don't need to do any of that, and they go back into their quiet, withdrawn or AFC self, and it's like they separate their two personalities for when they have to be on and when they don't have to be on. And when you do that, you're like you're making it twice as hard on yourself because now you have to snap in at a, at a second. Now you see a hot chicken, you're like, oh shit, I gotta get into game mode. Whereas hanging out with Adam Lyons, I realized like this guy was flirting with the most ugly bartenders and waitresses and anybody, like any girl. I mean, I, I hung out with him an entire day, and every single female, whether she was 20 or 50, he was flirting with. And I realized, I'm like, it's so easy for him because he's, that's just how he is now. He just flirts with everybody. So if you're flirting with a 50-year-old and then a hot 20-year-old walks in and you treat her the same way you're treating the 50-year-old, you're not even thinking about it because that's just how you are. You're just game. You're just always flirting. And uh, I think that that's... Uh, the, hanging out with Adam Lines was... that. If I can take one thing out of it, and I've told Adam this myself, is that... When he says I am game, I I thought it was a cocky statement, and now I I look back and I'm like, it, it's a it's a transcending statement if you can really internalize that and and really accept the fact that what he's doing is legit. If if you're like, wait a minute, I'm learning this stuff, and it doesn't just have to be used on Friday nights when I'm going out with my friends. Like when I'm at work. I'm going to be game. I'm going to game every girl at work. I'm going to game every... I'm just always going to be flirting. I'm always going to be cocky funny. I'm always going to be this. I'm always going to be this. And then you don't have to snap into state. You don't have to be... You know, I don't know. You understand what I'm saying, Mac? Oh, definitely. I agree with you 100%. You know, the stuff that works... You know, like you're saying, act the same way at work, you know. I mean, 
obviously, you know, some of the stuff you don't want to be doing to like secretaries at work at work and stuff like that. But a lot of the psychological and a lot of stuff like that works in exactly the same fashion. And I know you said something here about okay, maybe I'm jumping ahead here about like the weekend, you know, being the weekend warrior and stuff like that. I mean. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like practice. you got to practice all the time and stuff like that. If you just bust out your game on the weekends, or obviously you're going to be a little rusty initially, you know. You you want to keep your skills up, you know. Obviously, that doesn't mean go out seven nights a week, but I mean, you, you, yeah, you well, want to. Yeah, you, you said it earlier. You were saying it even earlier. Like, you just always practice. Like, you, I think you said it when you are talking about work. Like, if you're at work... Just practice with the girls you're at work with. It doesn't even matter. I don't care if they're married. Even if they're, they got a big, fat, fucking diamond ring on their finger, just fucking practice with them because it'll make them feel good and you'll enjoy work more because you'll have that little flirtatious friendship with these girls. And uh, you'll go to work and you'll be like, even if every girl there is married and, and you're just flirting with them, like, who cares? Like, people, like there isn't the, the outcome doesn't have to go the way you want it to go. Like, Even if this girl is never going to cheat on her husband, if you go to work every day and you sit in the corner and you're like, that girl's married, there's no point in talking to her, and you do your work and then three, five o'clock comes and you go home, your day was alright, you know, you got your work done. But if you go to work every day and there's this cute married chick there and you flirt with her every day and you have these inside jokes and shit, and then five o'clock comes, you're probably like, Fuck! It's five o'clock already. I want to just stay and hang out and talk to her a little bit more. And there's things that be gained by it too. I mean, just because you're not going to be, you know, banging her because she's married. There's things. Like, I have this one friend. I mean, there's a secretary where he worked, and she's just like the biggest b-word bitch, you know, on the face of this earth to everybody. But somehow he treated her differently rather than, you know, go up to her and only talk to her when they want something or something. He'd go up there and just kind of make small talk with her, and he ended up winning her over, and she's the one that controlled all the office supplies. I mean, anybody who has a white-collar cubicle job like myself can appreciate this. You know, there's, there's somebody who actually controls the flow of, like, office supplies there, and she was the one, and, you know, she was very stingy on who she gave office supplies to, and she actually gave him a, a key to the, the office supply cabinet or whatever, you know? And that was such a big thing. He had guides going up to him and trying to get him to get him get them office supplies and stuff like that and you know, just dumb stuff like that. I mean, there seems to be gained by it. I mean it's not all about banging these girls. <laughs> yeah, I mean and, and you 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 pointed out the benefit of it. Like I was even trying to be like I, and I I totally agree what you're saying cuz I I'll go into examples, but uh like I was even trying to be like the moralistic like you're just having fun, but what you're saying is a hundred percent true. Like, like I used to have, let's say, a waitering job, and uh, and there was plenty of girls there that, that I fooled around with. But there was also the girls there that were like not fooled around with. What are the? But I still flirted with them. And at the end of the night, as a waiter, you have to like every night. There's like a closer who had to sign you out and be like, okay, you did all your duties for the night, and they signed you, and you got to leave. Well, I learned something very quickly is when you when you flirt with every girl there, when it's their turn to close at the end of the night, you don't have to fill your salt and pepper shakers, and you don't have to wipe <laughs> down your table, and you don't have to fucking 
fill the catch-ups and all that shit because the girls had such a good time with you and most of the guys there didn't give them the time of day that the girls like you just walk up to her and she's like signed your shit and like you're like oh wait a minute i didn't do anything and she doesn't care because she had such a good time that she's like you know what that's three minutes it'll take for me to fill bobby's ketchup and salt and peppers and shit it was worth it and uh you know like i hate to think like that because i don't want to tell you to do the you know like uh i'm not saying a part of the um morality of like how to win friends and influence people is that you do it because you just generally want to be a good person and you just generally want to make people feel good about themselves. But the fact of the matter is the better you make people feel about themselves, the more shit you're going to get. <laughs> like, the yeah, I mean, don't do, this, yeah, don't do this stuff expecting stuff all of it. But, but you know what? If you do this stuff not expecting stuff all of it, you're going to get benefits from it anyhow. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a side benefit, you know? Yeah. Put your guard down, and you're like, ah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna be game, and I'm gonna just flirt with everybody, and I'm gonna have a good time, and I'm gonna make everybody I come in contact with crack up, and I'm gonna make everybody laugh, and I want everybody to like walk away going, fucking Mac is a funny guy, Mac, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you you know you you view yourself as, and whatever personality you you want to come across. You know, just be like, I want that person to to leave the conversation having like being entertained, and or you know, if if you're the kind of guy who likes to give good advice, you want the person to walk away going, oh man, that was some fucking good advice. Like whatever it is you want, go for it and do it and get that. You'll you'll get that, but like we're saying, is you're also going to get a lot of other things, and. uh you know, you don't want to manipulate people, but just know that when you are game and you are doing these kind of things, you're going to see results in, in many different areas other than just the amount of girls you're picking up. You're going to see your bosses treating you differently. You're going to see your coworkers treating you differently. You're going to see everybody treating you differently because pe- people crave somebody who is different. And if you're the guy who, like, walks into the the to the, the job and makes everybody laugh and has a good time and unmasks everybody, you're the fucking guy that everybody's going to want to hang out with. And even the boss, and, and I've seen this in plenty of jobs, even the boss who is trying to hire the good employee and, like, you know, does the long speeches about how productivity is important, that same boss can say all that shit but the guy who fucking has him laughing is never going to get fired. He's never going to get demoted. He's always going to have a nice, cush job. Because the boss just likes being around him. And it's just the way it is. And I've noticed it, and it's just the way it is. That's a good point. This is Bobby Rio from GreatSeducer.com. You've been listening to another one of our exclusive interviews and podcasts. Remember to go to www.GreatSeducer.com where you can find our entire library, including interviews with Savoy, Stephen Nash, Cajun, Adam Lyons, Ross Jeffries, Gambler, Vin DiCarlo, and more. And also, you can find our newest book, The Best of TSB Magazine, Social Superstar, available at Amazon.com.